everybody welcome back to the third installment of uh the team specific draft series here on the upside swings podcast i'm your host bryce hendricks joined as always by stone hansen and uh a special guest here to talk about a team very near and dear to my heart zach padmore uh zach how you doing doing good can't complain excited to talk about the draft talk about the jazz all that good stuff yeah stone how are you doing uh, good. Uh, definitely the same. It's uh, been a long day of podcasting, but I'm excited to wrap it up with Zach. Um, I really like his takes on the jazz, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say on uh, what he thinks his team should do throughout the draft night. Yeah, for sure. Zach is someone who I really like because he he, he has some very specific and interesting takes um, about what the jazz should do with that 30th pick that I'm really excited to dive into. Um before we get there, just real quick, sort of a, a breakdown on the Jazz. Um, heartbreaking defeat at the hands of the Clippers in this year's playoffs. And it seemed like, you know, there's one thing they're really lacking, and that's sort of some uh, athleticism, some defenders on the wing. Uh, they, they had a season where they kind of bought all in on defense um, and just decided to be the best defensive team in the league around Rudy Gobert. And it didn't really work. And then this season, they sort of bought all in on offense and just let everything funnel to Rudy Gobert. And it worked really well for most of the season until they kind of got to a team where uh, they could really spread Rudy out. And even though I don't think Rudy was specifically bad in those two playoff games that they lost at the end, um, it was sort of emblematic of the team's issues. Um, So they're sort of, you know, there's a lot of cap machinations that are going to have to go on this year. You know, this is the year we're really going to see if new owner Ryan Smith will pay the tax. Um, but we're here to talk about the draft and trying to fill those needs through the draft. Um, so, Zach, uh, do you agree with me that those are the big team needs? Are there other holes you think we should maybe look to fill here with the 30th pick? Or, uh, or, or what do you think in there? As far as the draft goes... I think you got to look at a wing, a wing defender, someone who's long and, and athletic because, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. These guys are getting blown by uh, continuously. I, I do think there's other team needs, but I think those can be filled in, in free agency and maybe uh, development at the end of the bench. But the big thing really in this draft, they, needed, they I think they need to get after a wing here. Yeah, I would agree. But, uh, you know, luckily there, there's – quite a few of those guys who, who it really feels like are going to fall to us. Um, so, so Zach, just, just, do you want to just give us a couple names? You're kind of thinking like guys you think um, you would really like the jazz to take care of the 30th pick um, or, you know, maybe guys that you think might fall and get taken with the 30th pick or whatever, you know, what are you thinking? Well, one of my top wings right now, Herb Jones from Alabama, um, I think he's one of the best defenders in this draft. I do have concerns about his, his offensive game. I don't know if he's ever going to shoot it at a high level, but at this point, that that length, that athleticism on the perimeter, he's definitely a guy I'm looking at. I'm looking at Kessler Edwards, um, Trey Murphy, JT Thor, just so many guys. Um, Jared Butler, uh, not a wing, of course, but 
his recent development makes me wonder if he's going to drop towards the second round, if he's even cleared to play. And, and that's a guy that I'm – he's in my lottery, and I think I wouldn't be able to pass on him if he's there. But, yeah, Herb Jones, um, Chris Duarte is another one that I really like. I'm not sure he's going to be there either, but, you know, you get the, you get the idea of these, these wings here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think you're sort of uh, – you hit two guys. I think me and Bryce are really um, – Bryce with uh, Trey Murphy, which I'm sure he'll, he'll get into, uh, and then me with Kessler Edwards. I'm, I'm a big Kessler fan. Um, what specifically outside of the defense do you think uh, Kessler could really help um, in, in terms of, I guess, offensively bring to the team? Because uh, they, they seem to have a lot of these wings, sort of 3 and D guys. Is it just a matter of – so, sort of bolstering up that that three point shooting, uh, or is there, or do you think there's more to Kessler's game that he can sort of uh, add another wrinkle to the Jazz's offense? Well, the big thing with the Jazz, they don't want to lose any of that shooting. They're they're one of the best shooting teams of all time, and Kessler is a definitely a, a good three and D prospect. But I do think he can develop some ball skills on the perimeter. But on this team, he's gonna he'll start off as a three and D. Uh, his jump shot is is a little funky, but it goes in. But uh, he's one of the, he's one of those guys that uh, you know, you know what you're going to get from him day one. Definitely worth developing. I think he's got higher upside than some of those guys I mentioned, like Herb and uh, even Trey Murphy, uh, because I do think he he can develop a skill set outside of three and D. Yeah, yeah. once well, and the Jazz have have sort of proven. Uh, c- consistent in their ability to, to sort of get wings to to develop either ball skills or sort of you know s- some IQ skills even someone like Royce O'Neal um, who has a very specific role I think people who don't watch the Jazz don't realize that he does have the ball uh, you know a little more than you would think for like a 3 and D guy and he does make decisions makes good passes um, Quinn Snyder is just really good at putting wings in very advantageous situations um, and that's why, uh, you know, someone like Trey Murphy, the third to me, I hear that name, I see him in a jazz Jersey and it just, it just brings joy to my heart. Um, I, I really, really, uh, like Trey Murphy, the third, I think he is a geometry changing off ball player. Um, you know, I talked about that in, in the first episode of this with Stacey Patton, we were talking about the Knicks, um, in that I just think he, his, his athleticism at 6'9", mixed with the fact that he could potentially be a movement shooter, is is the type of off-ball player that there's not really a precedent for, um, honestly. If we're looking at, you know, the best movement shooters we could think of, even at his height, um, is it like a Davis Bertans? Is it near the vertical athlete? Does it finish near the rim? Um, and is it near the defender he is? Uh, I think Trey Murphy gets really underrated in a class like this. Um so that, that he, he's my dream pick there. Uh, but I like a lot of the guys you mentioned, uh, you know, Jared Butler, hoping everything is okay with him. He would be great there. Kessler Edwards, Duarte. And then I'm someone who really likes Herb Jones as well. Um, just really trying to fill that. You need someone who you can put on a Paul George and just no one's going to stop him, but just make him a little bit more uncomfortable because we just got ate alive by, 
just having a lack of on-ball defenders. It's hard to have Ingles and Bojan out there at the same time, especially right. with the Clarkson in the playoffs. So, so I definitely agree with you there. Um, who, like, out of those guys, Zach, who would be your like guy? Like, what's the one you really want to see in a Jazz jersey next year? Uh, I've said this for a while now. I think Duarte is he's a, a dream fit because he's an elite shooter. I think his defense is quite underrated. I just think he, he is older. He's, he's what, 24? Um, but he's, he would come in and play a significant role right away. Uh, Jared Butler is the other guy. Um, if he does indeed fall. I do like Trey Murphy, and I go back and forth with Murphy and Jones. Murphy's got the the shooting ability. I think Jones is a better defender. Um, I don't know, but Duarte, that's probably my guy. And uh, I don't know if he's going to be there, but if he is there, I know I would be doing backflips. Yeah. Um, one, one name I wanted to throw at you who uh, I know I'm super high on. I'm actually not sure where you stand with him. Uh, but I think it would be a really great fit in Utah, considering, like you said, what they need is uh, especially more defense out on the perimeter and just all around. Um, and I think uh, Quinn Snyder is probably, at least for me, like a top three coach in the league. And, and much of that is predicated upon his um, defensive schemes and get, being able to maximize guys on that end. Uh, and unfortunately, they just don't have the personnel at this point that that really does that. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Jeremiah Robinson Earl in Utah? Because I actually uh, really like that fit, but I wanted to get your your take on that. Uh, yeah, he's not a wing, so, you know, that automatically I, – I do like him. I like his fit. But I think the Jazz are so adamant on adding a, a legit wing with that pick. But uh, Robinson Earl is – he's really high on my board. I have him, like, top 20, I believe. Same. And I think, I think he is – He's going to be a modern four. He's going to space the floor. He's one of the best defenders in this draft. Um, he can switch and guard the perimeter as well as anyone. I mean, I'd be open with that pick. I just, I'm not sure that's what they're going to do with that pick. But he's definitely a guy that, that I've been watching a lot of recently and really kind of falling in love with his game because he doesn't have many weaknesses outside of, you know, his, uh, his vertical and his movement. Yeah. Definitely. You're, uh, you're making me excited now with, uh, with Jeremiah Robinson Earl talk. So we better move on. Um, what, uh, what would be like your, your absolute worst case scenario come draft night with the jazz? Um, whether that be, you know, sort of uh, any sort of trade involving the pick or, or just who they use that pick on. Uh, is there any scenario where you'd be like, uh, th this would be sort of a nightmare for you where you, you would wish uh, it had gone another way? Well, for starters, I really hope they don't trade the pick. And um, I, don't, I don't think they can screw up any more than they did last year with Udoka. <laughs> but there are, there are a few guys out there that, uh, that get projected to the Jazz I've seen that don't exactly excite me. Uh, Greg Brown, he's, he's going to be a huge project. He's been uh, mocked by ESPN quite a few times there. Um, really, uh, I do like Max Asmus, but he's such a, a small guard, and I fear about his defense after what I after what we all saw in the playoffs. Um, uh, I'm not I'm not too big on Josh Christopher either, and I've seen him thrown around there. Uh, 
but I think there's there's a wide range of, of players that I do like. And um, I'm putting all my faith in the front office not to screw it up this time. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – I hope they do keep the pick number one for starters because they need a young guy that they can develop on that wing. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, yeah, I shiver thinking about passing on uh, Jaden McDaniels, who I had top 10 last year. <laughs> Um, it, it, uh, yeah, it, it, it hurts everywhere. Um, but there, there are a lot of guys in this draft who, I mean, I mean, the wing depth is, is pretty incredible. Um, right. you know, someone you mentioned, even like JT Thor, like if he falls to the jazz and you're getting maybe the best lateral mover in the class at six, nine, who also has a really sweet stroke. I mean, uh, I don't even know if that's going to happen with, with the crazy combine he's putting up right now, but the fact that it's even a possibility, uh, like they would have to really mess up, I think, to screw this up. Um, Cause there's just so much legit depth in this draft and, and not to put it past any front office to, to, to make bad picks, but you just really hope they can, they can capitalize on what we got going here. Um, Someone I wanted to ask you about, Zach, someone I've seen you mention uh, is Dejan Giroux as, as potentially kind of either a sneaky pick here or maybe if he goes undrafted trying to get him UD. Um, I just I kind of want to hear your pitch for Dejan because he's someone who's you mentioned him and I went back and watched him and he moved up my board. I really liked what I saw. So, you know, maybe just just let the people know sort of what you're thinking there with Dejan. Yeah, I, I really like Dejan. I probably have him. On my board, he's probably the highest of anyone in the, else in the world. But he is a guy that I doubt he gets picked. I, I would love to pick him up an undrafted free agency and or buy into the second round somewhere. The Jazz have done that recently and uh, and pick him up. But, you know, he's a big point guard, 6'5". He's long. He plays defense. I think he's got potential to shoot the ball at a, at a decent percentage. But uh, he gets after it. He's athletic. He gets to the rim. I think he's a guy that you, is, is well worth developing um, in that system. Just super intriguing, the, the size for his position. And he, he really guards at a high level. And I, I feel like he's, he's a hidden gem in this draft. He, he doesn't get talked about very much, but he is making the rounds on the workouts. He, he's done quite a few already. So uh, I'm hoping he can – he can get on some boards here and, and make a push. Yeah, I, I hope so too. He, he's someone who actually reminds me a lot of Royce O'Neal. Um, you know, Royce O'Neal is, is considered more of a wink, but people forget that he's only six, four. Um, right. And he's not super built, but he plays with a lot of strength and he just like, like I love watching Royce. Not only is he a great story, but he, he just, he, he gives so much of a shit on the floor. Right. And that's something you just see with Dejan all the time um he might be the best player in this draft at getting around like screens getting skinny around screens um right and that's something that the jazz could have really used in this playoff series against uh against the clippers so sometimes just a micro skill like that it mixed with just the intensity he shows um and 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 also kelvin sampson i think does a really good job kind of coaching some nba principles in the guys at houston um He's risen up my board, uh, and I really like I really like Dejan. Um, 
probably not at 30, but in the second round, if we could buy a pick or if we could get him undrafted on a two-way or something, um, it would be a dream because he just he just plays like he belongs in Utah too. Like he just sort of has that 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 ability to him. Um, so I don't know if you have any Dejan thoughts, but uh, I not, not anything that would add to this conversation more than you guys could say. So I'll uh, I'll leave it there. Um, but but to sort of follow up on that question. Uh, is there anybody uh, outside of Dijon that you you think could be a good value pick as an undrafted free agent uh, or somebody that you could see the Jazz maybe uh, buying into the second round for that if they're still there, they would uh, maybe invest into? Um, is there anybody in that sort of range that you really like that, that you think would be worth it? Um, I don't know if, if this guy goes undrafted, but uh... – Raquan Gray from Florida State, a great program. He's got a lot of work to do with his body, but he guards at a high level as well, and, and he, he's shown signs as a shooter. And I think he's got a push shot that the Jazz really have developed with their big guys over the years. And he's not exactly a big, but, you know, 260, 6667 can use him as a, a small ball four or five. And that's another team need, I think, is a, a small ball five, which was I was hoping Jawan Morgan would develop into that. I'm not sure if he'll get the chance, but um, a couple other guys in the undrafted range. You got Chaundy Brown from Michigan. He's playing well in this in this combine setting. Um Justin Champagny is a guy I like. I think he's got some some Hollis Jefferson in him. Good rebounder, good defender. Um, and Sam Hauser from Virginia, because that shooting ability, he's going to make a lot of money playing this game with just the way he shoots alone. If you can uh, figure out a way to develop some more aspects of his game, I think he could be a, a good, good uh, undrafted pickup. But, yeah, there, it, it is a deep class. There's going to be some surprise undrafted people. And I, I just hope they can capitalize and, and get more out of their two ways this year. Oh, I shouldn't say that because Trent Forrest was pretty productive when Conley and Mitchell went out. But, you know, always got to look for talent at the end of the bench. Yeah, you know, speaking of that talent at the end of the bench, uh, I I still I still have belief in my heart for Jarrell Brantley. Um but you bring up Raekwon Gray and, and, and Justin Champagny, and uh, those are two guys who I think kind of fill a sneaky need for the Jazz, and that is that sort of different look at center. Um, I love Derek Favors forever a Jazz in my heart, but he just he didn't have a place because he's a good defender when surrounded by okay defenders. He's not a good defender when you're telling him to do the same thing that the defensive player of the year does, you know. Uh, and I think the best way to compensate for that is to have a different look at center. Um, you know, I, I think this, like Justin Champagne really brings that. A Raekwon Gray can bring that. Um, you know, there's guys in free agency. I just think the Jazz need to get a little creative this offseason. Um, and, and speaking of that, I, I know you mentioned you don't want them to trade out, um, but with, is there any sort of you know, maybe packaging a Derek Favors or a Jordan Clarkson or a Joe Ingles, which they're going to have to get off one of those three contracts to keep Conley probably. 
and this pick, is there anything, is there a player you would want to try and bring in or trading up or down? Uh, is there a scenario there that makes any sense to you, Zach? You know, a few people have mentioned to me the idea of, of trading down to, uh, to avoid the guaranteed contract, which will help with Mike Conley's uh, free agency. But I'm, I think Derek Favors is the most movable asset. I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head of any certain player that I would target or any, you know, if you move up in the draft, I don't know. But I, th- I ultimately think the Jazz will keep their pick. Uh, this, is, this is an important pick for them. I, they need to get some youth. They need, they need to get some athleticism. I, I can see a scenario where they trade down but I do think they're going to ultimately keep that pick. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I think that's the best thing to do is keeping the pick and just, just kind of taking the best player that falls. You know, we've talked about a lot of guys and I'd be happy with any of them, whoever it is that falls to that 30th pick, just take them, get them into the program, get a different look. Um, There's a lot of places they can go. um, And they, they sort of need that. This this was a great year to be a jazz fan, but it was also a rough end because as we got to the end, it sort of felt inevitable. I felt like, like watching the fourth quarter of that last game was just like, this is how it was always going to end. Did you, did you get that a little bit, Zach? Yeah. I, I got my hopes up big time for sure. You know, I should have listened to the voice in the back of my head because these, these were concerns that were, that I saw throughout the regular season too. And, uh, Man, the Clippers just picked them apart, and they just discovered the weaknesses and and just obliterated the Jazz in those in those last two games. But I think I think it, it can, you can take it as a positive in the sense that you know those improvements are so evident that they're going to do whatever they can to to uh, improve this roster and and fix those weaknesses and give it another go next year. Yeah, I think that's a good point for sure. Just like, it's not like, you know, like the Sixers, I feel like are at a place where they don't know what they're going to do. We're lucky to not, uh, as Jazz fans, to not be in that spot. I think we know what the next step should be. You know, we're going to have to get off one of those contracts and retain Conley and and get some athleticism on the wing. But uh, there's definitely some guys here. I just, you know, I want to hit real quickly on – on JT Thor, just uh, I'm going to throw it to Stone to give to give us a little a little taste of JT what he might look like on the Jazz because uh, I mentioned Trey Murphy the third being a dream pick JT Thor might even be the the better version of 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 that so, so Stone do you want to give us a little JT Thor taste? Yeah, um, I, I think we, we've mentioned a lot of guys that could sort of plug and play that are you know going to be easy fits, but uh, at a certain point, I think you do have to look at best player available when the gap is large enough. And for me, I think it is with JT Thor, just because uh, like, like we found out already, he's he's 18 years old. Um, he's 6'9", can already shoot the ball fairly well. Although the mechanics are a little uh, weird, but it, it, it goes in still. So it's not that huge of a concern. Uh, and, and like Bryce had already mentioned, he's probably the one of the best, if not the best lateral mover in the class. Um, so obviously able to um, 
can test shots at the rim a bit with his length, even though he's not super strong at this point, um, but also switch out onto the perimeter and, and guard um, guards and wings uh, to a degree. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Thor, actually. Uh, I'm on the higher end than most people, but um, I, I think in the Jazz system, I, they're obviously in sort of win-now mode, uh, but they're too... They're two, um, I guess, building blocks, you could say, are in, in Gobert and in Mitchell are young enough to where you can still put young guys around them uh, and, and still be in, in sort of contention mode. Um, and I think Thor has so much uh, to offer, even though developmentally it might take a year or two. Um, I, I think the upside he has, though, is worth taking that time to put, put into him. Um, and if he's available there at 30 for them, I think that's – just a really good value play for them. Right. And, and that's the difference between a project pick like JT Thor and Greg Brown. You know, you, you can take the risk with a guy like Thor. Uh, the upside is just way too enormous to pass on at that point. Uh, the, the last pick in the first round, you got to swing for the fences with a guy like that because he could turn out to be special and, and a good, really good piece next to those two. Uh, stars they have in Utah yeah definitely um and like I said that's sort of the beauty of them is they're kind of right in the middle there where um obviously they're good enough to be um building blocks that can contend uh, but at the same time they're young enough where you can still take some uh some home run hits on on guys like a JT Thor that um will take a little bit of time to develop like I said but uh in the in the long run could be a huge payout for you guys um and be sort of that third star or that third cog in the wheel for you guys um to to round out that big three there maybe um not necessarily saying he'll get there uh but he has the potential to which i think is more than you could say for a lot of guys uh that that'll be there at 30. right yeah i definitely agree with that i mean he's he's one of those upside guys um he got a. Uh... You know, uh, Kai Jones, I don't know if he's going to fall that far. Probably not, but uh, he, he seems to be dropping. And there's a, there's a few others sprinkled in there that, uh, you know, uh, Sangoon, Rocco. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm pronouncing those right, but those international guys where it's just you can't pass on the talent at that pick. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Uh, you know, something so – I just pulled up my board real quick just to look. I mean, a lot of these guys we mentioned – that, that have a legitimate chance of falling. Um, you know, Roko Precaution could fall. He's 10 on my board. Trey Murphy the third is 13. JT Thor, 14. Kessler Edwards, 16. Um, even someone like a Deuce McBride could fall. Uh, he's 21. Sort of a different type of player. Um, but, but, you know, really strong guard. You could maybe put him on wings. I think he measured with, I want to say it was a 6'8", 6'9", wingspan at the Combine. Um, you know, a Josh Primo could be there. Um, there there's a lot of guys. In this draft is just so full of uh, players who fill the Jazz's need, and that's so rare. Like, there's not a lot of drafts where you can be like, uh, there's there's wings here who, who help us. There's not a lot of drafts like that. You know, it's for the most part, once you get down into lower uh, – you know, lower picks, it's, it's not wings. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of bigs, a lot of guards. 
So to have some wings that you can bet on, this many wings, where almost no matter what, they'll be able to draft a, a, a wing who, who fills their need, um, that's pretty special. And I think you have to be sure to take advantage of that if you're the Jazz. Um, you know, you mentioned worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario would just be not taking advantage of that, would it be picking another big or or a small guard who, who doesn't scale at all. Um they with this many wings in this draft, it's it's really a perfect perfect situation for the Jazz, in my opinion. Right, and and you mentioned one Josh Primo. You know, I I forgot I drew a blank earlier. He's a guy that I'm really high on. He's I think the youngest player in this draft. Um, enormous wingspan, promising shooter and defender. I mean, if he's there, he, I'd have a hard time passing on him too. I think he's got tremendous upside in today in today's NBA if he stays in. Yeah, absolutely. He is the youngest player in the draft. Um sort of a three and D archetype, really smart, but but with his height and athleticism, there's definitely some more upside there. Um I have him at 25. I mean this there are a lot of stabs for the Jazz to take and I they're really gonna have to hit to to make up for next for last year. Um I, I really have a feeling that Udoka Quick is, is going to haunt for a long time. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I want to root for Azubuke, obviously, as a Jazz fan, but, you know, he was someone I didn't even have draftable last year. Uh, and to take him ahead of Jaden McDaniels was really rough. It was really rough at the time. I didn't like it when it happened. And, uh, I don't feel much better about it now. Um, but they have a chance to rectify it with, with prospects on – a similar level as Jaden. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for Dennis Lindsay to pull it together to give Quinn Snyder a, a, an athletic wing to work with. Um, it's just sort of about kind of making it happen, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, he's going he's gonna to have his chance here. There's going to be, like you said, this is a, a really large pool of wings in this draft to choose from. And you know, I don't think he can get much worse than what he did last year. Yeah, yeah, that's it's only up from here, right? That's uh, right, <laughs> jazz motto. Um, you got anything else to say? Uh, either of you, or are you feeling are we feeling pretty set on the jazz? I think we went over uh, the majority of them. Uh, maybe Joel II, not the upside guy, but he's another guy looking at my board right now that uh, I have pegged in that that top twenty five that I like. I think he could uh, – he's more of a guard, but I think he can be a really good 3 and D at the next level. Yeah, Joel is interesting. Um, I, I, I like Joel. It's just he's sort of like – he doesn't necessarily fit my, like, general philosophy, which tends to be, uh, you know, I don't trust role players to necessarily – like college role players to keep that same role in the NBA, I suppose. But – uh I, he he's such a good cutter. Um, I kind of hope he ends up in Denver. Um, but there's definitely some stuff to like there with Joel AI. Um, let me see if I have any names I want to hit on too. Um, uh, I mean, I could hit on Matt Mitchell again. Um, but a, a guy who actually could be interesting um, that I think the Jazz should look at um, would be a Terrence Shannon Jr. Um Shannon Jr. is just a really, like, like he's, like, the distilled ideal of kind of what we're talking about, where he's just 
an athletic wing who, who really, really guards. Um, he, he doesn't necessarily provide a lot of other things right now. Um, offensively, he's sort of a work in progress. I'd be interested to see how he works in sort of that, uh, um, you know, they call it the blender of the jazz offense. Um, but, but there's definitely some stuff to like there with, uh, with Terrence Shannon Jr., yeah, I, I was I was high on him early on this year, and I soured on him a little bit. But I am slowly moving him back up. Like you said, the defense is well ahead of the offense. But uh, I like the athleticism. I like the size. Uh, wouldn't be mad if he was uh, the selection, but I do think there are quite a bit of of other guys I would prefer that are ahead of him right now. But I am starting to get back on that Terrence Shannon train for sure. Yeah. I, and I think he's just sort of the specific need of it. Like everyone we've talked about here, everyone that, that the jazz should really be considering is going to add to the overall team athleticism, which was just the biggest thing missing from this title, from this, this uh, attempt at a title run was just in the end, we just weren't athletic enough on the wing. Um, right. You know, maybe one rookie isn't going to make all that difference, but the right one could, or maybe in a couple of years, that guy, be the right one becomes the guy that does make that difference. So I feel like this is sort of an inflection point for the Jazz, um, where this offseason, you know, like I mentioned, it's good. we're going to see how much Ryan Smith is willing to spend. Uh, we're going to see which of the bench guys we hold on to. And this draft pick could really go a long way towards deciding uh, whether or not we can be true championship contenders or not in the long term, which sounds crazy for the 30th pick, but I think I think there's a real possibility that's how this goes. Right, and like and like Stone said earlier, you know, your two best players, uh, Go Bears in the prime of his career, Mitchell is still super young. They're going to keep you competitive in the West, regardless of what's around them. So it doesn't have to be the immediate impact. You know, you can work with this guy whoever the selection is and, and maybe he is the perfect, the perfect missing fit that they need. But, uh, you know, the, the timeline, it, it's not like, a you know, right now there's still many years ahead and, and Gobert and Mitchell are both under contract for the long term. So, you know, I have high hopes for finding a, a guy that'll fit us in the future. I was just going to say, I know we have to uh, start wrapping it up here pretty soon, but uh, one one final guy I wanted to bring up was um, Eve Pons as like an undrafted guy, maybe. Um, I feel like I'd really like his fit there in Utah, uh, especially like if, if Derek Favors is sort of that movable uh, piece on the margins there for you guys to try and improve. Uh, I think Eve can fill a lot of that rim protection role, even though he's only 6'6 uh, six, six or 6'7". Six, obviously has that elite athleticism uh, and wingspan to make up for it um, as a rim protector, but also uh, is mobile enough to be able to switch out on the perimeter, uh, which I know towards the beginning of the show is kind of what we were talking about, how the, the jazz really need um, another just body to throw out there defensively. And I think um, Eve could have that opportunity to provide that uh, in Utah. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned him because that's another guy that I, I do really like. And I'm, I'd be thrilled as an undrafted free agent. He he would be the perfect small ball five to develop. 
Uh, he can guard one through five. He is a freak athlete, just just this physical specimen. Uh, definitely a guy that I would, you know, I, I'd prefer over most of the guys that are on on the the end of the bench for Utah right now if they're developing. Yeah, I've, I've I've been a fan of Pons for a while now. I think he would be a really really smart pickup for the Jazz. Yeah, he's the type of player who who like you see every once in a while like an undrafted rookie making a real impact for the right team. You know, like Lou Dort was huge for the for the Thunder his undrafted year. Um, and I think Eve Pons might be my pick to be that guy this year, just because every team could use a versatile backup center who, who just gives you a different look. Um, and I would love to see that on the jazz just because, you know, in this series with against the Clippers, if you would replace the, the, the eight minutes a game favors would play with, with a center who could switch more and, and or trap or something and just make, make the, make the opposing team have to do something different. That might've been the difference between, us playing the Suns right now and us sitting on the bench at home. You know, that's sort of something small like that. Your backup center is not something you really think about too much when it comes to getting to a championship. But I, I think with the Jazz, a team that doesn't have an absolute superstar, you have to win at the margins with stuff like that. And I think Eves would be uh, an incredible pickup for the Jazz um, at some point in this draft. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And, you know, I, I do want to say one thing because, you know, Derek Favors, you know, he's been a jazz man for, what, nine years now. And I don't want to just, just sit here and rag on him completely but because he had a, a really rough playoff. So, you know, I just want to say that, you know, Jazz Nation, we all do love D Favors, but it's hard to admit these things at this stage in his career right now. Yeah, uh, definitely. There's – there's guys in the past for multiple franchises that have been pillars uh, for their franchises or, or faces um, that uh, have just been there for so long that, you know, fans really come to love. But uh, at a certain point, you know, father time is undefeated. And I think uh, Derek Favors is starting to realize that a bit more now. Um, and it's sort of taking over a little bit to where he's relegated to this, this backup role now. Um, and, Obviously, we just see that the sort of archetype that he is just doesn't thrive anymore in the NBA. Um, it's really difficult to be um, a, a high-level impact player uh, with the sort of archetype that he is. Um, but, yeah, he has provided a lot of great days for the Jazz. Um, but now it, it might be time to sort of uh, look at replacing him. I will say right, really yeah. quickly that I don't think Faves is washed. I just think that um, he was put in an impossible situation where when he was on the court, he was like given the same role as Rudy Gobert. And that's just yeah. really not fair. <laughs> I mean, they basically asked him to be uh, Rudy off the bench. <laughs> yeah. I mean, zero defenders around him. Just it, it's just him on an island. We're going to funnel everything to you. That works when you're, you know, a top. I would say Rudy's probably a top three defensive player of all time. It's a lot harder for a good, but not like extremely above average defensive uh, center. Um, so He's I old. think Faves can still help the team, but yeah, it's a little, not the Jazz probably. I, and the Jazz are going to have to move on. Uh, we won't get into the cap stuff or anything, but there's, they can't afford him 
Clarkson, Ingles, and Conley. Um, at least one of those three, uh, one of the three aside from Conley, hopefully we keep Conley, um, has to go. Um, and it, it seems Faves is probably the one. Um, but with that being said, uh, I think it's about that time. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for coming on. You're the third person to come on, and we're three for three with great guests, um, w- with great interviews. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at ZP12Hoops. You know, I'm just a Twitter nerd. I'm on there all the time. So just hit me with a follow. I follow back, and we can talk some more draft on there. Yeah, Zach is a great follow. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, you know, Stone at report court, uh, report underscore court, excuse me. Um, and I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14. Uh, this has been a great time. We're, we're happy to keep doing these podcasts. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, this has been the Upside Swings Draft Podcast. We hope we get our ceiling. Thank you. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.